Giuliani. Hello, America. You're listening to the Rudy Giuliani Show. Thank you for listening in. Coming up at 3.40, we're going to have a newly elected New York City councilwoman, Vicki Palladino. And it's an opportune time to put Vicki on. Vicki is a very, very enthusiastic uh, first-time, first-time councilwoman. It's interesting to see why she came into politics, because I think a lot of people are realizing that they have to get involved in politics, and she she's one of them. And uh, she also uh, is coming on on a day in which the crime statistics were released for New York, and they're devastating. Uh, we've, we're now two months into the law and order mayor, and uh, crime is um, has gone up beyond what it was under de Blasio, and that was considered to be pretty bad. So, so far, n- nothing of what Adams promised to do or said he would do seems to be having any effect. In fact, it's going in the opposite direction. But we'll talk about that a little bit a little bit later. And as I said, Vicky will be on in the second half of the show. And then also we'll have the mayor's final thoughts. Um, and since we're coming into the weekend, uh, they're going to have to last for the weekend, and they will. Uh, but first thing – First, I mean, the most significant thing that happened yesterday is that Russia attacked a, attacked a nuclear facility. Now, had something gone wrong, uh, Z- Zelensky is not exaggerating. So I should tell you, this is an area I know quite a bit about because my company did uh, security work for quite some time for nuclear power plants. And, for example, Indian Point, but nuclear power plants elsewhere as well, as well as outside the country. And... Um, that power plant in Ukraine, if I – and I may be off by a little. If it isn't the most powerful in Europe, it's one of the most powerful. And a um, an attack on it could result in the destruction of three, four countries right around it and then uh, long-term problems that could go on for years and years and years. <clears throat> you can never be absolutely accurate about a, a nuclear – accident because it depends a lot on what's released. depends a lot, believe it or not, on the wind. The windier the day, the better. Uh, And also the direction the wind is going in. So you can be on one side with the wind is blowing it the other way and the right side isn't affected, but the left side is. Here's the point. It's illegal. It's against the rules of law. It's a war crime to attack a nuclear reactor during a time of war. They're off limits. It's like attacking a hospital, which he's done. What is it that Putin hasn't attacked? He's attacked uh, school buildings. He's attacked uh, apartments. He's doing a lot of attacks on civilian apartment buildings. As I said yesterday, I can't show you all these pictures that I'm getting from my friend who's now moved to another location. um, And I haven't heard from them for for quite some time, so I'm I'm rather worried. The last uh, picture they sent me, is, uh, again, another attack on what looks like a uh, civilian apartment building. This, I mean, this is not, this is not, uh, <laughs> this is not accidental. It's not collateral damage. These are, these are direct hits. These are direct hits on civilian apartment buildings. It's, as I said, it's like attacking Left Rack City in Queens, if you know, if you know New York City, or one of the, one of the housing complexes in Chicago. There's no military facilities there. There's no business facilities there. It's all just residential. And when you combine that with 
the pictures that we see of the children that have been killed, the women that have, that have attacked, the uh, attack on the n- nuclear facilities, the attack on apartment buildings. Uh, we've got a very, very substantial war crimes case building against not only Putin, but his lieutenants and the people that are involved with him. Exactly what the end game here is, is uh, something that's a matter of speculation. And I'll give you mine. But, you know, that's no better than probably than too many others, although I do know Ukrainian Russian history probably a little better than most people. Not that I'm an expert. Uh, Zelensky, of course, was on and he is he's remarkable, whatever. I mean, I, I don't I don't know if everyone. People are not unanimous about this Ukraine thing and that we should help them or exactly how we should help them, although they should be. I mean, there's a kind of a confusion that develops, and I, I sure know a lot about this because they say, well, you know, uh, Ukraine is a, is a, is a uh, corrupt country. Why are we helping a corrupt country? Well, by that standard, we'd help no country. All countries have levels of corruption. Now, it is true the corruption in Ukraine is considerably higher than a lot of other countries. But by no means is it pervasive. By, by that, I mean those people that you see who are lying in the streets, bloodied and dead. Those little babies who you see that have blown up. I, I have a picture I didn't put out on on uh, social media last night. I, I just couldn't do it. It's a, it's a, a video of, uh, it sounds like Ukrainian soldiers or police. Uh, you, you can't tell because you don't see them. But you see all these cars that were blown up. And then you look into one and there's, there's, there's the remains of a human body ripped apart. A civilian, just a guy parking his car. Or you see the child being rushed out of an apartment building, just a you know, three-year-old child. I mean, we're, we're in 2000, you know, 2022. <laughs> this is, this is uh, um, I mean, the things that, you know, used to happen in the Middle Ages. They're, they're, they're putting a city under siege. Got it surrounded, and they won't let people in and out. And they want to want to, I guess, starve them out or pressure them out. But the attack on the nuclear facility really uh, uh, tops everything so far, because uh, luckily there was no major escape or any escape. But a mistake there, a mistake there. And let's assume that 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 Zelensky's exaggerating just a little bit to get our attention. Maybe it doesn't take out all of Europe. It takes out half of Europe. Half of Europe. I mean, what? What? What's the point? What? Why do that? What? What is that? What's going on with this guy? So, like all of you, I hear the I hear the stories about there's something wrong with Putin. He's acting different than he used to act. He sounds different than he used to sound. And I've done a lot of that with Biden because I have these doctors helping me with it, watch, watching him. And they've educated me quite a bit about the deterioration of Biden, which is really quite significant now. Haven't done that with Putin, uh, and I don't know him that well. I met him three times, and that's hardly a basis for really making a judgment about him. So I call someone who knows him, uh, in a, not, doesn't know him intimately, but has done business in Russia and Certainly knows him better than I do. And he confirmed for me that he's acting different. At least that was his view. 
that um, not so much that he sounds different, but if you think about it, Putin Putin has been very vicious and he's been very aggressive and he certainly murdered before. But he kind of gets up to the line and then he takes a step back. There's a a caution to not go too far. This time he's going – it looks like he's going all the way. I mean uh, about now the Putin that took Crimea and the Putin that took Georgia uh, might be happy with some of the additions he's going to get in the south of – he's going to kind of consolidate all around Crimea. Uh, I mean, if he wanted to, he could just assert, which I think he's already done already, but not officially, assert Russian sovereignty over over that uh, eastern portion of of Ukraine that's de- described as um, disputed territory. Well, he'd make it undisputed and make it part of – that would be the Putin of a few years ago. Get everything all excited. Get everybody all upset. Push and push and push and make it sound like you're going to create World War Three, and then – you know, settle it, and you got yourself a nice chunk of territory. Now, I do want to emphasize on behalf of my uh, former client and very good friend, Donald Trump, he never did that with Trump. He didn't get an inch from Trump. And therefore, that poll that says that 64% of the American people think this wouldn't happen under Trump is certainly justified by the record. The record is Putin took land under Bush. Putin took land under Obama. <laughs> Putin's trying to take a country under Biden, and he didn't take Zippo, nothing under Trump. So somebody must have been doing something right. Uh, Trump was also doing something else that's at, at the core of this and is one of the three or four major causes of it. And that is uh, Trump made us energy independent when we never thought we could be. By that, I mean, I'm going to have the numbers a little off, but I'm going to do it for purposes of comparison. We're buying about four to five hundred thousand barrels a day, I think, and we produce, we could produce 850 or 900, something like that. In other words, if we had not closed down uh, Amer- American production of oil and liquid natural gas and uh, canceled the Keystone Pipeline and other things that we did, we would be, we would be, we would be having a, we, we would be able to take care of all of our needs without ne- necessarily having to buy anything from Russia. Which it has us in the very, very uncomfortable position of funding the murders. We're giving uh, Putin the money that he's using to murder children and women and attack nuclear plants and schools by buying a nit- liquid natural gas and, and, and oil from him. And it's a substantial, no- enormous amounts of money. When you add to, to it that Europe is doing the same thing, it's sustaining him. I mean, on the one hand, we're sanctioning him. On the other hand, we're giving him hundreds of millions. This is, here, you have to have some consistency for it to work. Even Nancy Pelosi, even Nancy Pelosi, I emphasize that one more time, even Nancy Pelosi thinks we should cut off Russian oil and gas. My goodness. Biden, somebody should go in. Now, it would be a crime. You can't do it. I was going to suggest a scene like in The Godfather when The Godfather slaps around Johnny Fontaine and says, be a man, be a man. You can't slap the president around. You can't do that. But somebody should say to him, wake up. 
come out of you or whatever it is. Uh, see if you can see if you can salvage a brain cell here or there, and see if you can think. You know, what 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 are you doing? Why would you think the sanctions would be effective if you're then giving him money? You're sanctioning them. Those are kind of questionable as to how they go in effect, how much it deal, how much will it really hurt, how many alternatives does he have, how far is China willing to go? But all you got to do is just cut off the oil and gas. That's it, babes. No, no more oil and gas from you guys. And I think uh, you could explain to the American people, if you were a leader, that this is the kind of sacrifice we have to make to help these people who are fighting for their freedom. And very quickly, you could ramp up American production and be in a surplus position. Why is he not doing that? Is his green program that um, confusing to him? And I mean, it's, uh, it's hardly a priority in comparison to the possibility that we're headed for World War Three, right? We want to get it under control. So I, I, it was very, very difficult listening to, listening to uh, uh, President Zelensky, who obviously was being quite diplomatic. But you say to yourself, if, if it had happened differently and we had a, pres- a president that was alert, awake, alive, and functioning, maybe, well, actually, this would not have would not have happened. Let's listen to cut five from, uh, from, from Zelensky. You spoke this week with President Biden. How would you describe your conversations with the U.S. leader? And do you believe the Americans waited too long to give Ukraine the support you need to push back this Russian offensive? We have good contact. I can tell you the truth. And it's a pity that it began after the beginning of this war, but we have it, and I'm my appreciation to him and to his team. Well, that's telling you he didn't have it before. That's when it counted. Now you're playing catch up. You're trying to get into a country. You're trying to get into a country uh, that's at war, and uh, you're worried about planes being shot down and people being shot down. You wouldn't have been worried about that before. Can't you plan anything, you idiots? I mean, this administration has to be, without doubt, the most incompetent in modern history. Well, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, uh, we're going to talk a little about uh, this, uh, about about Ukraine, and then we're going to move on to the crime, the crime, the crime issue, and then eventually we'll talk to Vicky Palladino, and we'll have the mayor's final thoughts. We'll be back. Shortly. The Rudy Giuliani Show. Welcome back. You're listening to the Rudy Giuliani Show. And don't forget, I'll be uh, bringing you uh, my final thoughts at the end of the show and Vicky Palladino in the next half hour. So how do – I don't know how my friend Lindsey Graham got himself into this trouble. What he said uh, – you don't say it. I mean, a very good argument could be made if Hitler had been killed in 1933 or 34, then uh, millions of people who died maybe wouldn't have died because there there are certain leaders that have a particular kind of charisma that makes everything work. And Hitler was certainly one of those. Uh, is Putin one of those? Yeah, I'd say that's right. I mean, he's a one-man show in, in, in – uh, 
in Russia. And, and unfortunately, I'd say at this point, Zelensky is, which is why he's under such great threat. Uh, but we can't be advocating assassinations. Otherwise, uh, then they do it to you and you do it to them and they do it to you. And Putin uses this as an example of how we're being um, barbaric. I mean, should it happen, we don't have to have, uh, you know, um, we don't have to put the American flag at half staff if somebody decides they ha- they've had enough of them and uh, goodbye Vladimir. But I think Lindsay, if he could take it back, and Lindsay is a good friend, if if Lindsay could take it back, I think he, he would. But don't get too excited about it. I mean, awful lot of people must be thinking it. So let's not get too phony about it in a Oh, my God. Uh, here's my problem with the no-fly zone. I get the, I'm a problem in not doing it. I get that it could lead to war with Russia. On the other hand, anything could lead to war with Russia. And if you're, if you're not doing something that is legal, justifiable, and strategically uh, critical or important, because of your fear of uh, Putin doing this, then he's winning the psychological war. Then he's uh, he's doing what he does best. You know, he his economy runs by extortion, energy extortion. That's that's why Biden's approving uh, uh, the Nord Stream p- uh, pipeline was so outrageously stupid, or or against the best interests of the United States, or. Who knows what else you'd want to call it? Because he can use that then as another lever against Europe because they can't exist without his oil and gas unless we step to the plate and we start producing the oil and natural gas that we're capable of, which is at least as much as he can and, and, and more. And why we are holding it back because of this theoretical I mean, we, we, we may not be around to enjoy all the wonderful changes John Kerry is going to make, you know, in our society to take care of the climate change that was supposed to have ended the world in 2010. We, we, we just may not be around. So you can't – I mean, I'm not making fun of the climate change people. I'm just saying you got to have priorities. And when you're dealing with um, – you know, when you're dealing with, with a, a country that's killing people right now, threatens to expand the killing of people, might be the first step in a further expansion of uh, uh, China and Russia. Well, you can't can't be worried about, you know, are, are we meeting our goals under AOC's green program? Or, I mean, even even Germany has put that aside. We're getting now more left and and crazy uh, green than Germany. This the priority here has to be: you got to stop Russia because we don't want this to replicate itself. We don't want to we don't want to see this happen again. And we uh, and, and and therefore he's some, something's got to be done definitive that cuts him off. And taking out that damn uh, uh, convoy would be. Uh, it's asking to be taken out. It's stalled. It's sitting there on 40, 40 miles of roadway. Uh, and we can't figure out a way to get rid of it without creating World War Three. 
It never stopped the Russians from coming into uh, places and adding troops to help kill us or adding uh, mercenaries to help kill us. So stop getting pushed around by the KGB guy. Come on, Biden, he's, he's no tougher than corn pop. You believe that story? I don't believe that story. In one sec. I don't believe anything he says. Well, we'll be back very, very shortly. The Rudy Giuliani Show. Rudy Giuliani, back with you. And you can chat with the mayor by calling 1-800-848-9222. Very shortly, we'll have uh, Councilwoman Palladino on the phone. And we'll talk about the amazing, uh, shocking increase in crime in New York City, which is, uh, I don't know, it's something like, I think, 60 percent. I mean, that's I mean, that's a that's a that, that's a big number. That's a big percentage, uh, particularly particularly with a um, with having just elected having just elected a, a so-called law and order mayor. I mean, that's uh I don't know. I mean, so um, the last week, the latest numbers are pretty pretty staggering. I mean, it it, it uh, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to 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 understand what he is doing. That's reducing it since we're up over the overall number uh, that uh, De Blasio gave us. In other words, we have more crime now than we had under De Blasio when we elected him to bring crime down. And it isn't just a small increase, it's a big increase and it's pretty much across it's pretty much across the board. So what is he not doing which we which we will which we will you know which we'll we'll get to when we talk to when we talk to Vicky. You know, interestingly Bill Clinton is relaunching the Clinton Global Initiative. I guess they got to make a little side money, huh? Wonder who I wonder if they'll sell us out to Russia again like they did last time with the uh, nuclear material that uh, she voted on that Russia could get. Wonder if any of that nuclear materials at that nuclear power plant they, they might blow up. I've forgotten the exact amounts of money the Clintons got uh, when she was on the CFIUS board, which approves transactions like that of sensitive um, things that affect our national security, particularly with countries that we might call not exactly friends of the United States. So she voted in favor of giving this to Russia. It turns out it's a very large portion of our uh, of our nuclear material that you know they, they, they can use in Russia. Now, why we'd sell it to Russia, you go ask. The Clintons it might have something to do with the hundred million dollars they gave to the Clinton Global Initiative. It might have to do with the three to four to five to six to seven or eight million dollars they gave to Bill Clinton for speeches. Uh, it might it might have to do with uh, uh, some fees to her. Uh, but we're talking about a big package of money, like a, uh, well over a hundred million dollars. Sounds familiar? Sounds like the Biden crime family. Well, of course the. Clinton crime family preceded the Biden crime family and basically their expertise and what they sell, they sell influence and they sell out America. And so they're going back into business, the Clinton Global Initiative. I tell you, one place they're not going to go, they're not going to go to Haiti where the people hate them because they stole the money in Haiti and gave it to their friends. Go talk to a Haitian. 
Want to find out about how big crooks the Clintons are? New York Times is not going to tell you that. The uh, cover-up news media is not going to tell you that. But all that money that went to uh, uh, Haiti, all the people that were involved in theoretically rebuilding Haiti, which they didn't do, were Clinton's pals. So, I mean, this thing, this thing, but all the investigations they've done of Trump and come up with nothing, nobody investigates this Clinton Global Initiative. I mean, the damn thing is a cash cow for the Clintons. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, I remember, and I'm going to put this out there as a question rather than as a statement. So we'll check on it. But there was an allegation that the Clinton Global Initiative paid for their daughter's wedding on the theory that many of the people invited were donors, so therefore it was a initiative event. Now, if that's true, the Clintons are not only crooks, that they are, but they're also cheap crooks. I mean, they make they make enough money to pay for their own daughter's wedding. So, But before we before – we, well, we, that one i got to check out. I want to make sure that we're – they were okay on that. So let's talk a little about the crime statistics so you understand. The CompStat program, which I have a copy of in front of me, is a program that I can proudly tell you I started. It won the award as the most innovative program in government in 1996 from Harvard University. It's at the core of how I analyze crime, and I've used it in other places uh, in South America, I've uh, used it in, uh, how about in the city of Kharkiv, which you're reading about in the newspapers now. We introduced the, the program there for the domestic crime they have in Kharkiv. It doesn't measure, it doesn't measure, uh, I, I guess we could, it doesn't me- measure Russian aggression, but uh, we could figure out a way w- uh, to do that. I was with Bernie Carrick today. We went to a funeral, I should mention this, for uh, uh, uh Chris Esposito, the wife of uh, the former chief of the New York City Police Department, Joe Esposito. Joe was the chief of the department first under me, and he was the chief of the department on September 11. He was interviewed here uh, quite a bit during the September 11 period because he was very instrumental in getting the city through September 11. Well, his wife passed away. It was very, very, very sad. But Bernie and I, you know, spent time driving out there talking about the emergency management center that I designed for Kharkiv and the city and how you would secure it. And there's a reason that the Russians are pounding that city so hard. You should know it. The people of Kharkiv fought them off in 2014 and they were embarrassed. And uh, they really probably hadn't committed enough troops to it. This time they have. And once again, Kharkiv is continuing to fight them off. So you've got to step back and have some admiration for these Ukrainian people. And again, you've got to separate emotionally the fact that at the oligarch levels and the upper levels, whatever you want to call it that, you've got a lot of corruption, a lot, a lot of corruption. But a lot of that corruption involves American politicians. And it's not all Democrats. It is mostly Democrats, but it's not all Democrats. There are some Republicans that are, you know, have their have their greedy hands out for uh, money uh, from uh, Ukraine and put us in a position where, you know, what? when Biden was vice president and he was the point man for Ukraine, he was charged with two things by uh, President uh, Obama. Uh, number one, to help uh, resolve the Russia thing, which, of course, he totally failed at. It wouldn't even give him offensive weapons or defensive weapons to defend themselves. I mean, he was a complete failure at that. 
And then he was supposed to reduce the corruption in Ukraine. Well, of course, he became part of it. Now, everybody in Ukraine knew that Mykola Zloshevsky bought off Joe Biden to fix Mykola Zloshevsky's case so he could keep his 30 or $40 billion crooked company. And every time he would talk about Ukraine being corrupt, the Ukrainians would say, what about you, crooked Joe? Well, we have on the line newly elected Councilwoman Vicky Palladino, who who ran against everybody and won, kind of like Trump did. This, this uh, lady is going to be quite a force. She already is. And I'm going to have the honor of swearing her in tonight. So, Vicky, are you there? I am, Rudy. How are you this afternoon? Beautiful day. It is a beautiful day. I'm all excited about tonight. But you know, Vicky. Thank you, as am I. Thank you. I got to ask you about this Adams guy. So they elect him. They elect him as the law and order guy. And I I see here crime is up 60% over last year. I mean, that's yes. ridiculous, 60%. I never heard of that. 60% increase in crime. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's like a crime wave. It is. It's a crime wave. Uh, they've managed to, over the last two years, and you know well, uh, they've managed to take the spotlight and shine it on COVID uh, and try to distract people from what's actually going on here in the city of New York. Uh, we've got a crime wave like no other. And we've been around a long time, Rudy. I'm 67 yeah, years yeah, old. Yeah, well, you're, so, you're a baby. Good. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'll take it. Uh, we've seen a lot, okay? But we've never seen anything quite like this in the, in the sense that, I mean, nobody wants to do anything about it. Well, what, uh, what? Everything, everybody wants to sugarcoat what's actually going on here. And what's going on here is massive unemployment due to vaccine mandates. Right. Uh, we've got businesses failing. We've got a mental health crisis like we've never seen before. We've got the homeless all over the city. And, you know, there's an old expression. Uh, who's running the asylum? The inmates? Well, has Adams there's had no... any impact at all? I mean, he said he was going to put together a plain clothes unit like my like my uh, anti-crime right. unit. But then he put uniform right. then he put uniforms on them. I heard. Yes, that I just saw. That's the kind other of day. stupid. Uh, that this is this is something that uh, Mayor Adams. I I want to give him, like I said, straight up from the beginning, um, coming into this with a full heart and as much positivity as I can, because we love New York. Of course, we, we love want him. New we York. want him to succeed, but to- we want him to succeed. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Absolutely. So uh, we need to do whatever we can to help him to succeed. So what we have to do is open up the middle ground, which a lot of people forgot even exists. You know, everybody looks at it as extreme right or extreme left. No, there's a middle ground and we need to find it. Uh, I believe Eric will will do that in time. You know, in the beginning, you know, it's all about getting your feet wet. Uh, and some people know how to just dive right in. But this de Blasio put us in such a ridiculous true. We're, uh, we're... situation that uh, it's not like you're going to come in and just sweep up the streets and, you know, uh, do what we need to do and get this city back on track. No, look at every single agency that makes this city go tick tock. <laughs> it's broke. 
It's so why, why, what, what's the problem you ran into with the uh, regular Republican Party that I'm pretty, as a longtime friend of President Trump, I'm pretty angry at right now because at the convention uh, this week, uh, the, yes. the, they didn't allow them to mention Donald Trump's name. I was shocked. I heard that. Well, who who, who, and, do, who, do, who um, do they think is the most popular figure in our party? Them? Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, you know, uh, again, trying to mend fences and hoping to do so uh, and working together as a united party. Uh, but I, I plead with the party heads at the state level uh, to please understand that this is a, we're divided right now and united we must be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, mean, we, I was we, shocked when I heard that Trump's name wasn't mentioned at the convention at all. I mean, that's like how do you? That's the elephant in the room. What are you kidding me? I yeah, don't I mean, we're not going to win. No. We're not going to win running away from Donald Trump. I don't know why the hell we want to run away from it when we can compare. Especially now, we, I mean. Sixty-five percent of the American people believe if he was president, Putin would not have gone into Ukraine. And that's right, exactly, one hundred percent correct. Instead, it wouldn't have happened. Instead, they look at these weak Democrats and they look at a president who has a hard time finishing a sentence, and they correct. say we can walk all over him. Yeah, and they did, and they do, and they are, and they will continue to do so until we take back Congress in November. Which now, I, let's just hope another wave of COVID doesn't hit the city come November. I'd be kind of suspicious. Uh, September, uh, October, excuse me, September, October. Or they might start it up in, in August again. Yeah, I, uh, people, you know, people say they saw Fauci in a laboratory in China working on something. I pay no attention to that nonsense. <laughs> no, I, pay no, I only pay attention to what I know is real right. and what's factual and right now, what's real and factual is the fact that we, we are lifting the mandates uh, as of March the 7th, which is this coming Monday. But we also must, and this is an absolute must, reinstate these workers, that these are our teachers, our right. doctors, our, our policemen, our firemen, our sanitation well, men. Well, we'll talk we to you. We, we need to reinstate those that were just let go well, and put them back to work because they were unjustly fired. Well, keep okay? fighting for them, Vicky, and we'll go over that tonight. And I should tell you that there is one candidate for governor that mentioned Trump. That was my son, Andrew. That's correct. And Andrew that did it five correct. times just to stick it up there. You know what? And, and number I'll tell and, you. And number two, he has promised to hire those people back with back pay. I know he spoke at my club to 300 people last month and he and he and he, and he does he does he does what he says he's going to do that's damn right he does and I'm proud to and say you do too. Andrew will be, Andrew will be at my uh club again on Wednesday night uh this coming Wednesday night the 9th in Whitestone uh at the um American Legion Hall uh and I will have other candidates there as well I'm looking forward to a great uh, in my in my t- tenure as city councilwoman is moving mountains, uh, and my voice in writing some good leg- uh, legislation, uh, and fighting well, for the people in my district, their businesses, their children. Uh, well, you are you are health. you are a dynamo, but we gotta we gotta we've unfortunately gotta okay. take a break, and I'll uh, see you tonight. Uh, and good I will good see luck, you Vicky. Tonight.
Okay. Thank God you, bless. Rudy. See you tonight. Thank you, darling. We'll be back shortly for the mayor's final words, and we'll pick up a call or two. And now it's time for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation Mayor's Final Thoughts. That's correct. This is uh, Rudy Giuliani, and it's uh, time for my final thoughts, sponsored by Tunnel to Towers, T2T.org. That's $11,000, I was going to say, $11 a month to T2T.org. If you want to do $11,000, I will personally, I don't know, kiss you. You can come in and I'll kiss you on the cheek if you want that. If you don't want me to kiss you, I'll shake hands with you or I'll pat you on the back or I'll give you a picture, a signed picture of me, or I'll find somebody else to give you a signed picture. of. But uh, kiddingly, uh, 11 bucks a month. If everybody did that, we'd be able to build all those homes that we need to build for our catastrophically wounded warriors and pay off the mortgages for those who we lose in the line of duty. So I want to get one call in. So let's go to Bob. Bob. Hi, Rudy. How are you, Bob? Okay, buddy. I uh, I wanted to talk about your your buddy Soros, but what I want to say, uh, Soros? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, yeah. what a what a piece of work that is. Ooh. Yeah, but you know, I was I was also wanted to state something else, something about networking. You know, to get rid of the commies in America, but you're going to have to figure out what else I'm talking about there. But yeah, networking is a really good thing to do. I mean, like uh, old Bonanza episode when Cartwright gave little Joe one piece of lattice. Right. And he broke it very easily. Then Cartwright gave uh, little Joe a few pieces of lattice. And guess what? He couldn't break the lattice. So networking. Okay. Anyway, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I understand what you're saying. <laughs> you're losing me, Bob. But but uh, I got the point on Soros, and Soros does own a, a land and buildings, and and um, Soros does have uh, business interests and not for profits in uh, in Ukraine, and exercised a lot of influence there during the Obama administration, and his organization played a role in digging up uh, false, dirty information about the campaign, uh, and I've got I've got it all documented if anybody ever is interested in it and uh the justice department has it but for some reason the justice department has sat for two to three years on all the information about the criminality of the bidens exactly why i don't know and now and now the former attorney general is you know complaining about he never saw any evidence of election fraud (laughs) he had uh, thousands of pieces of evidence of biden crime that he hid including the uh, hard drive. And he never saw any election fraud evidence because he never looked at it. And there's plenty of evidence, whether it amounts to enough to overturn an election or not, or whether we could argue that. But, I mean, uh, all, he, all he'd have to do is read one of about, uh, oh, my goodness, six, 700 affidavits, if he has time for that. Or does he have time for just selling books? I am very disappointed in him. Very, very disappointed. Very disappointed also in that hard drive being hidden during the uh, Trump uh, phony impeachment because it would have been a complete defense to the impeachment because it proves that there was criminality in Ukraine on the part of the Bidens and therefore Trump's with Zelensky was completely justified 
and the Justice Department had the hard drive, had all the evidence that I turned over to them, which they told me they would work on and never did anything with. They just sat on it and uh, let him get elected without that information getting to the public. So we elected Biden under false pretenses. If we had known now, if we had known then what we know now, you know, this is before all the, all the rest of the stuff. When just a little bit of the hard drive came out about six months ago. Ten percent of Democrats said they'd vote against him. Now, imagine if, if we knew everything we know now back then, the stuff in the Schweiker book about the 31 million from China, the stuff in Miranda Devine's um, in Miranda Devine's book about all the money he got from Russia and from and from other other countries and Ukraine. Well, he wouldn't have been. He was elected under false pretenses. That's a fraud. That is for sure. Already documented. I've already been proven 100 percent right about that. Just a little more time and the election fraud stuff is coming out piece by piece. But it's coming out and the numbers are starting to add up. But you sure as hell can't say there was no fraud. If you say that. You're a complete liar. Well, those are my final thoughts because we've got to be honest with each other if we're going to change this. We can't make fraud go away if we don't confront it, prosecute it, and do something about it. Otherwise, we're going to be dealing with these elections forever and ever and ever. And we'll be headed toward being uh, the, the kind of failed country that Biden would like to see us have and Soros would like to see us have. Why do you think you, you put in DAs that let criminals go out on the street and kill and shoot people? Because you're trying to destroy this country. Don't, don't uh, ask me to defend why they're doing it. Either they're socialists, they're communists, or they're nihilists and, and very sick, angry people. But we've got a lot more of the other kind. People like the people in Ukraine. That's really our spirit when we see them fighting for freedom and saying, you know, you're not, get, you're not getting our country until you kill every single one of us. That's the that's the spirit of patriotism that made this country. And that's the spirit that made the United States the beacon of the world. And we're not going to let we're not gonna let Biden take that beacon down. It's going to burn very, very bright. God bless the people of Ukraine. God bless America. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.